Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Jermaine Lawn, Jermaine Lenz, Jermaine Lenz, Jermaine, Jermaine Lons. Oh, sick, it's going to be a long season. We're back, refreshed after our first summer off in a couple of years, myself and Gareth Barker, that is anyway. We promised to have a production meeting over the summer to improve the show. How did that go, Gareth? Didn't. It didn't. didn't. <laughs> there you go. Busy. You had other, other things happened. Yeah. All right, Gareth's had a child. Well done. We've all got them. Okay, move on. Right. <laughs> harsh. No, no. Very, no. very we've harsh. Done our, you know, we've done our congratulations privately. Yeah, Michael's well. even brought the bear a present and everything. Don't yeah. make out like we're... Yeah, we're you, were, you were in there done. straight away trying to find out what it is before you, <laughs> and look, he's probably going to sell it. Yeah. Some no. grinding, isn't he? <laughs> no. I'll back on that. The first one of the season, when we'll get grinding in already. Right. Into the Light is back to... With a new sponsor next season. Unfortunately, not with a new pundit, though, the lad Proctor again, and we've <laughs> robbed him in today as well. Yeah, thanks for that. Nice, uh, su- nice summer? Yeah, lovely, thank you very much. Have you enjoyed not um, being involved in football so much? Um, yeah, it's been it's been nice. It feels like a, a bit of a longer break this summer as well, but um, just looking forward to the start of the season now. I think everyone is. You, you think you're going to enjoy the summer, don't you? Then by the time the end gets here, you're desperate for the football to start. You do again. the first month or something, don't you? Yeah, it's, I it, do anyway. The first couple of weeks was all right, and then and then you get bored on a weekend, mm. don't you? And want to go to games and and watch uh, the, the games on telly on a Sunday as well. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm ready for the season to start get again up at, now. Get up at three o'clock in the morning to watch Sunderland lose to. The third division American team. Yeah, but that's what it, I did. I did that. It was uh, great. It was really good. Yeah. Um, I, I know we had a couple of sponsors last season um, for Into the Light, but I'm kind of disappointed we won't hear the prices so low even Pantelimon can't get down to see if yeah, whatever it was. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll get oh, some more good yeah. strap lines ready for, it, for for the new season. I'm sure we will, but it was a bit of, bit iconic that one, wasn't it? Was, it was, wasn't it? It was a bit, it became, a bit of a cult status. It did have a cult status, yeah, it did. So mm. whoever wrote that, I think it was uh, Sergio who wrote that apparently and we were told not to tell him because um, he'd get a big head, so... So you've just he, done that. Hopefully he's not listening to this. No, I doubt it. Okay. He won't be, well, he's no. busy coming up with strap lines. <laughs> well, we'll speak to some people later on the show about new signings and all that, if that's your thing and that like. But, Michael, first of all, Dick Advocate, staying, welcome news. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I don't think there's anyone in the city that was disappointed about about him coming back. Um, I think it's a, a good move from the club to keep pursuing him and, and to try and sort of convince him to come back um, and, and I think he's come back for the right reasons as well it, it doesn't seem as if it's a, for financial gain or anything like that you know you, you, you see his um, reaction at the back end of the season and, and how delighted he was that, that we managed to stay up and, and it seems like he's come back for the good of the club which um, which is fantastic news and, and also when you saw the other the other people that whose names are in the frame you know I think 
the Gavin Cup was really the only one that stood out for me. And nothing inspiring there, was it? Not, not really, and, and nothing of the calibre of Dick Avocat, and especially the job he did um, with us last season. You know, and it, in such a, a short time frame to get the players performing in the, the manner he did, and get everyone really galvanised and pull everyone together, is something that we've been lacking for a few seasons now. So, you hope for a season of, of stability and a season of improvement and steady growth. But Say this I'm, every summer, I was just that was yeah. my next line. You know, we we always hope for that, don't we? And, and I suppose all all football fans hope for that. But I think we've got a, a better chance this season than, than we've had for a long time. And um, you hope with a, a couple of new signings as well, then then the future is going to look bright. Can you have stability with a manager who's coming in? They're just going to be here for twelve months because I know Kevin Phillips was talking out, wasn't he, about that's, it saying uh, that's why he got Congress, haven't you? That's the point. That's the whole no, point. I, I understand that, Gareth, but I'm that's just asking the opinion because didn't Phillips come and say that? Players go and sign for managers generally, and then if you're going to go and sign for manager, anymore at all. look at that. I mean, we were talking before we came on about that lad at Villa, you know, and uh, the comments he made where he's turned up and said, "Oh, I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm looking forward to moving on to a bigger club if it goes well." Basically, <laughs> in his first press conference, so, um, you know, I, I don't think that's necessarily true. That well, players sign for managers anymore. Players have that, those comments have come back to haunt. Super Kev anyway, because Leicester's man is gone now, so they're signing. <laughs> yeah. They're signing for Pearson, and he's not there anymore. That's yeah, karma, yeah. Super Kev. Do you is. think? Do you think um, when Leicester signed Camerich that he was like, "Well, I'd really like to work with Nigel Pearson." Do you think he was thinking, "Oh, that would be a good move for me to work with Nigel Pearson"? Maybe do you he think likes, he'd ever heard he of Nigel Pearson? Maybe somebody with a bit of fight. And... Well, did you think? Do you think he'd ever heard of Nigel Pearson before he got to Leicester? Know. You know, the Premier League's a global game, Gareth. You'd I know, be... but it, Nigel Pearson, though. Have you seen that? <laughs> I think I think to a certain extent players will sign for a, a manager if he if they feel he can improve them if he if they can inspire him and you know if it's someone that that, that they really look and respect. So in in that sense, then yes, Dick Avocat has those those qualities that he might be able to attract players that maybe another manager won't be able to. Um, well, he signed a couple of he signed a players work with previously anyway, so that would yeah, of suggest course. That- it's it's not really relevant. I think I think long term you you question there about the sort of long term stability. I think having having a year to find Dick Avocat's successor gives us an opportunity to find the right man. It's important that that Lee Congerton now sort of with with Dick Avocat that he imposes a style of football and gives us an identity. That's what Sunderland have, have been lacking for a long time now an identity, and we seem to sign players that that a manager wants to sign uh, rather than players players that the club want to sign and that fit the club and fit the ethos of the club and for a long time we've made the same mistakes and we've ended up having a huge turnover of players in the majority haven't been good enough so you'd hope that that um, Lee Conger and along with Dick Avocat would sign players that would fit into a system that Sunderland are going to play long term that are going to fit into the system for the next manager and the manager after that and that we get a manager that fits how our our players are rather than Change the manager, change the whole squad. It, football doesn't work like that anymore. I like, I I like think, the word ethos. Mm, good it's word, good, that. Good word, that it is. I think um, we're stuck in a. I think we're stuck in our third season in the Premier League. We've 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 like done it over and over again, and we, we haven't gone on from there. And we, we've got to avoid that next year. It's interesting if I, I read on Twitter the other day one of the some of the Palace guys that we speak to, they had made a comment saying that like Palace fans complaining that they. Um, Having like there's not going to be another big signing or something like that, and I think it, it makes me think of 
our position when maybe we'd stayed up a bit and we were hankering for these big names mm. and it doesn't always work out spending all that money and I mean they've also had already signed Kabai which is yeah. like a ridiculous signing look at Palace's squad for next year Balassi, Zaha, Kabai they've got some top players this there this is what keeps happening yeah. the already there. they've got They've got some top yeah. players it's there. what happens to Sunderland, though, constantly. I was talking to somebody um, the other day, and they were saying that uh, we were laughing about how Stoke came and signed all of the players who were surplus to requirements at the Stadium of Light, and they've still ended up overtaking yeah. us and yeah. establishing themselves faster than we have. But I, th- I think even with Stoke, uh, uh, they had Tony Pulis for a long time, and he had a certain style of play. And then Mark Hughes has come in, and he's got a slightly different style of play. He plays with it a little bit more pace and, and keeps the ball on the floor a little bit more. But a lot of the players that Tony Pulis has had there for years... Have slotted seamlessly into Mark Hughes' style of play, and their recruitment of manager after Tony Pulis was was first class. And I think that's what Sunderland have got to do now. We have to be looking to find the next manager now, and I'm sure the club are doing that. And I'm sure Dick Avocat have a big say in that as well. I want you to maybe be a mythbuster for us here. Uh, a lot of people complaining about Sunderland losing, as Garth said, to some of these like third division American sides and stuff. But as a former player. It is relevant, isn't it, that this is a side mid-season and you've travelled to the other side of the world, you haven't played a game or you've played one game. I think well, there's a lot of factors to take into account, isn't it? As you said, they've travelled a long way. I know when, when they arrived in America, they had a long travel as well from the base to the to the ground that they played at. As you said, the American side's in the middle of their season so that you know they're, they're ready to be playing football. Sunderland are a, a long way from that, two, two and a half, three weeks away from playing a real competitive match. So... There's those factors to consider. There was a lot of changes made. Dick Avocat's trying to impose his style of play again on the players and, and get them playing. Uh, and players are just finding their way into fitness as well. They're not they're not going to be going flat out hundred mile an hour as they will be in the mm. first game of a Premier League season. So, and do you know if, you, if you're especially if you're an established first team player, do you know that when you take out the field for the first couple of times? I don't care if we win this game or not. You just want to get through the game. Is there an element of that to it? I don't think that I don't think you'll ever go on a football pitch thinking you don't care if you win the game. That they'll be competitive and they'll they'll want to win. Of course they will. I think there's a, an element where you, you won't. You obviously you won't be as bothered should you not win the game because you understand that, that it's part of a process and as long as you're ready for the the eighth of August, then what comes before that doesn't matter. What I would say is that it would be nice for the the players to get a couple of wins under the belt before then. What you don't want to do is go through a losing pre-season where you lose every game. And regardless if anyone says mm. it doesn't matter, it's, it's pre-season, it's irrelevant, it becomes relevant the closer you get to the season. And you, you want to be finding form, you want to hit the ground running as soon as you um, start playing your, your competitive games. So, yes, they'll be, they'll be taking it easy and, and they'll be looking at it with a sense of perspective thinking that the results don't matter and it's about performance levels, it's about fitness levels. But Dick Avocat will want to see improvement, he'll want to see players understanding what he wants from them tactically, he want to see players who are fighting to be to be in the first 11 uh, come the, the first game of the season because, again, there's a lot of competition for places so players are going to want to put on a good show pre-season so that they can be involved. What are your thoughts on the... This, the I know Sunderland have gone to America and we went to, we've been to America... A couple of times, I think we went under Mick McCarthy before the yeah. fifteen-point season, so it was a real beneficial trip. Um, <laughs> and now the top clubs all seem to, you know, I mean, Tottenham played two games at the end of the season, and now they're going, they're going all over the place. You've got, you know, Manchester United. I think last year when it was ridiculous, in like Singapore, Australia. Is there a point where you've just got to say, as a manager, maybe I, I, I don't know. I'd, 
I just think I don't, I don't see how it can be beneficial to a group of players to be sitting Money on a tube, on a tube in the air for 24 hours breathing recycled air when they're trying to get fit as professional footballers to play proper football matches I don't I, it just I don't think Sunderland as a club as a necessity needs to go to America I mean it's, I know we're playing Toronto FC but the other teams have played they're playing in like the third division of of, of, of US football. I don't really they see why. They need it commercially, why. though, don't they? they but commercially, I mean, commercially, you know, what what benefit is it to go and play those teams? I think there's there's an element uh, to what you're saying that I, I absolutely agree with. I think Lou Van Gaal said it, didn't he? That uh, Manchester United pre-season last year, they travelled so far that he didn't agree with it, and, and it it didn't get the players ready for the start of the season. Yeah. Ultimately, we're a football club, and we have to make sure the players are ready to play football in a football league before the, the start of the season so I think the football side has to take priority and, and it shouldn't be sort of overshadowed by the commercial side of things um, whether or not it, it has such a dramatic um, detrimental effect on the players fitness or anything yeah, like that recycled air but, I was going to say but, but might not be that but you, there's a lot of jet lag jet they're travelling across oh, uh, time sorry, zones they're, they're doing a lot of travel sitting down and, and stiffening up and whatnot. And, and recovery as well yeah. especially these days is so important that you know the, the players will come in a day after a game and, and, and get massage and things like that so if you're travelling the day after a game then of course it's going to have an effect and it, and it might mean that takes you a little bit longer to recover from the games um, but I'm, I'm sure the club have sort of Balanced it all up. Uh, the positives, I'm sure, outweigh the negatives. But um, yeah, it, it's it's certainly a, it's a question of like the modern day, the modern day game, isn't it? As you yeah. said about Tottenham going away at the back end of the season, you wonder if that might have a knock-on effect because the players haven't had as much rest over the summer. A, a Premier League season's tough. Um, it's tough mentally. It's tough physically, and you do need that break at the end of the season. When so when you've got players saying that you know that they're not going to play for. England under twenty ones or whatever because they don't want to be burnt out, but you know they'll hap- they'll the club will happily you know cart them off to the middle of nowhere and tell them to play a meaningless game against some League Eleven. It's you look at someone like Harry Kane. He went on the he went on um, Tottenham's postseason tour, didn't he? And went away with the under twenty ones, and he, he barely had a summer, especially after the the impact he had last year. And I'm sure that took its toll on him, you know, on his body. So yeah. I'd be interested to see how his season starts this year because I think he might be one that does suffer from from exactly what you've you said. Had, you had Newcastle as well in the situation last night. I think they played on a plastic pitch, and they had players coming back from injury who couldn't play on the plastic pitch. Well, we don't so mind that, do we? Well, no. But what's the point? <laughs> I mean, what what's the point in arranging games if you can't actually play in them? It just seems crazy to me. But, Episode you know, one of a new season. We're getting on a mo- being against modern football and the money and the commercial. <laughs> no, just against stupid pre-season friendlies. <laughs> that's what I'm against. What's the matter? We've got, just go to Portugal. It's lovely down there. Really hot. Like this time of year, it'll be boiling down there. Scotland. Get, get yourself down there. Three hours on a plane. But uh, and under twenty ones are just uh, there in um, Portugal at the minute. So we'll see how they Beautiful. start the season. See how the first team start yeah. the season, Beautiful. and uh, we'll suggest that. We've been to Portugal before. Nyren scored in the final. Won that. Against Sport and Lisbon, mm. I think Roy O'Donovan scored. There you, you go. Know, and look what happened to him. The glory you know, days, eh? You know. Yeah. Oh, what, no, it was a lad who scored under Canio against Tottenham as well. Oh, Carlson. Yes, yeah. exactly. But they, he went all the way to sing a, it, on it, a pitch that there's some examples play on. of yeah. what preseason really means. <laughs> well, we only played fun. like two 25-minute halves or something mm. like that. That was good, wasn't it? Premier League. That was a Premier League event as well. Don't I think they've got it? They've had it in Singapore this year. I think they didn't risk going back to Hong Kong. I remember that stadium from. I think England played a. Euro '96 warm-up against the Hong Kong Select Eleven, oh, yeah. Yeah, and, did, yeah. and um, it wasn't a was it was it 
Sunderland keep former Sunderland keeper was in goal for Hong Kong. Was it Tim like, Carter or something like that? I don't know, but I know like, like people like like Dubry and that were playing there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, right. Anyway, should we talk? Should we talk about some of our new signings? Mm. You call it, Gareth. Who do you want to? Who do you leave hanging on the most? Who should we talk about first? Well, since you've got um, Jack. Jack's intro first. Let's talk to Jack first. Okay, when we come back, we're going to be talking to Jack Hussey from the Roost podcast. Jack Hussey from Rule the Roost podcast is going to join us now and tell us about Eunice Kabul, a man mountain, Chris Young reckons. Is that right, Jack? Well, yeah, I think, yeah, he probably was. He's Probably more of a man cliff nowadays, <laughs> I might say, physically at least. But yeah, he's, he's he's an impressive an impressive specimen, is Eunice. Started last season as captain, didn't he? So can you talk us through sort of his decline, perhaps last season? Yeah, it's well, it's a bit of a strange one, I think. Um, I'm pretty sure that it was. I, I think it was some type of player vote or something that decided to captaincy. I think Pochettino's whole thing. Um, it's very much to leave it in the player's hands and he gets to know everyone. But he does have this very stringent meritocracy, as he calls it, which I think saw Eunice fall by the wayside a bit. He, uh, I mean, it, it, it started with his with his sort of consistent injury problems that he's had over the past few years. Uh, and he's just, he's, he's never really hit that form um, that he once had. Because he, he was a, a truly brilliant I don't know if I go as far as say world class, but a truly brilliant defender at one point for us. But last year it just seemed as though, be it attitude or his kind of like physical restrictions, he he, he never really seemed to impose himself in the team. And after he got dropped by Pochettino, um, I think the actual quote is Pochettino. I think Pochettino actually said to him, "He's not picking him because there's there's better players than him now." Um, it just seemed to affect him, and there was a, there was a lot of talk about him joining like this little cabal of you know disgruntled players and things like that that were mm. maybe sort of causing a few lesions in the dressing room. Um, well, we'll, we'll get the we'll get the bad news out of the way first before we start looking at things through our rose tinted glasses. Tell us about the physical restrictions. <laughs> His particular restrictions. I think like every now and again, he's uh, he's. He's had a bit of a history of being prone to lapses in concentration. I mean, that was that was much more so in his first spell with us before we sold him to Portsmouth. Um, and after that point, he, he, he his sort of mental side of the game seemed to be far much more locked down. But it's still there every now and again. Um, just just falls asleep basically sometimes. Um, and of course, like the the, the the massive one with Eunice is always his is kind of. It, Lingering injury doubts. He he kind of became a bit of a sick note for us after he had yeah he had one horror kind of injury like a knee injury up at Newcastle actually so you got them to thank for that. Um, where he was out for about a year and after that point he he wasn't coming back for ages. A lot of people thought he might be finished, um, and he he sort of fought his way back, but it, it's still always been there and. You, you know, when players have had those massive injuries, you always kind of just like look at them. You always think they're always a bit cagey. It always seems like they're kind of they're worried about if they just push themselves that bit too much. Is you know, 
is this when the knee goes again? Is this when a hammy goes or something like that? So it's, I don't. I think that that's something that always kind of looms over him a bit. Michael, I'll come to you here. The the remit for Sunderland this pre-season was to bring in players who, just a few players, less players than we have done previously, who would significantly improve the playing squad. Do you think Yunus Kabul does that? I mean, my initial impression was I think he slightly improves what we have now. I think he, I think he improves us definitely. He's got he's got a, a lot of Premier League experience, which I think is important. Um, you know, we, we've got Van Arnold, Jones, who were relatively young players. So to have someone like that around him, who who's still relatively young himself, he's not for all his his experience, he's not he's not sort of coming towards the end of his career just yet. Yes, he hasn't played um, as much recently as we would have liked. Um, but what you hope is it's not a sort of Jack Rodwell situation where we keep saying, "Well, he hasn't played many games, so he'll come good, he'll mm. come good," and, and we end up you know waiting and waiting and waiting. Um, but I think you know. He's got a lot of experience, and I think he will improve us. Especially, sort of, you'd imagine Wes Brown, although he's signed a new contract, you'd imagine he's not going to play as much next season as he has done in the past. So, I think just have another experienced head um, in, in our defence will stand us in good stead. I mean, we'll speak about who we think might play later on when we come back. Jack, do you think a run of games for Eunice will help him? Yeah, big time, definitely. Um, I think it's. I, I, I think he'll he'll improve you. I honestly do. I think on his day, I know that's such a, an old cliche, but honest, honestly, uh, when he's when he's at the height of his powers, he's uh, you, you'll struggle to find many better defenders probably in the Premiership at least. Well, at least I'm, again, I can't help but look at it with the rose-tinted spectacles of a few years back, but. Just before that big injury at Newcastle, it's, it's it's important to stress that he was phenomenal for us. And like I say, I was erring on the side of caution towards saying he was pushing that world class bracket, but he, he honestly was knocking on the door of that. Um, so there's a there's a there's a player in there. There really is a, a spectacular footballer in there. Um, and if you can if you can harness that, then you've, you've got yourself a, a a very fine defender. Okay, Michael, we'll get on to that before we hopefully speak to somebody else about another new signing. Interesting that he said the players picked um, Jonas Kabul as, as their captain. Yeah, I think it, it obviously speaks volumes for him because it, to have the the respect of your teammates, uh, you know, for a, for a captain it, it is everything. So for for him to be voted by his his, um, his teammates, you know, that that's that says a lot about the man. So. Um, you'd think that he'd come into the Sunderland dressing room and, and immediately have have the respect that he deserves and, and, and be a leader as well on the pitch and off the pitch, which, which is important. Tom Wilcock, Lee Bogger and many others really. It's the most popular question I think we've been asked. And it's an obvious one. And I don't know if you know the answer to it. Who do you think our starting centre-back pairing will be? Um, I mean, quite has had a, had a great end of the season, didn't he? So he certainly sort of throwing his hat in the ring and but, and, if, but if Kabul comes in but, and the idea is he significantly improves our side then you think he's going to yeah I think I think yeah. Kabul definitely start and then and then I think you know it, it's going to be a difficult one for, for Dick Avocat to leave his captain out of the other side so I, you'd imagine it would be O'Shea and, and Kabul but that's who, I, I think um, that's who it'll be as well I think that's that's probably who I would choose um, if I was in Dick Avocat's shoes I think that's probably our our best 
best centre back park uh, pairing for the, the certainly for the start of the season. Uh, and so, see I was say, so do you think that could be a fears out thing then? Um, if Quata is the younger, possibly sort of more mobile. Well, he's not. He's not great. Yeah. He hasn't got great mobility, like. But you but know what I mean. I think. I think if you look at last season, we we lost players due to suspension and, and injury, and you're always going to do that. So what we need is to have top class replacements to come in and step in when when people are injured, when people are suspended, people are, are out of form. So you, we're going to need two, three players for every position. So. Um, Quite his form at the back end of last season was was fantastic, and and that I'm sure is is in the back of Dick Avocat's mind that if he has to put him in, then he can perform. Whether or not it's a, a fears and out of any of the players, I'm not sure. I think obviously Wes Brown is coming to the end of his career, and yes, he signed a new deal, but I'd be surprised if we saw him, him play regularly in the first team. Um, but I, yeah, I think I think it'll probably be quite as an O'Shea, and that that's certainly who I. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juvederm.com. We're going for, I think. Still a couple more questions before we try yeah, and get was it. I thought it was an interesting one from Tom Huntley, who was talking about Jermaine Defoe, how that if the club, somebody offered Sunderland two or three million quid to buy Defoe, um, that he'd snap the hands off. And be, just purely because he says. Should we be looking to move Defoe on if a decent offer comes in because he doesn't suit a 4-3-3 and he can't see him as a sub at most in, in Advocat's system? So it's an interesting one considering we, we talked a lot about Defoe last season and how he was one where we weren't quite sure whether he was the right player. No doubt in that he's a decent player, but whether he was the right player. And I think that question mark does probably still hang over his head whether they'll sell him or not. I don't know because we've got... Graham in his last year of his contract, Fletcher in the last year of his There's contract. There's always a plan B as well that he's there to re- you yeah, can rely he, on him. He's a different that. kind yeah. of player, isn't he? I think I think Jermaine Defoe's probably Dick Avocat's biggest decision and biggest problem this year. Um because as you said, he, he doesn't really suit the four three 
three system. He doesn't suit to be the the lone striker, and and we saw last year. Yes, he works hard and can do a job in, the, in those wide positions, but he's not best suited to that position. He's not the best player that we've got at the club in that position, and it, it doesn't suit his game at all. So it, it's it's going to be an interesting one to see how Dick Avercap um, plays the the Defoe situation. Because you can't imagine Demain Defoe being happy to sit on the bench and, and be a, an impact. So, but to be playing games here, here and there. Whether or not Dick Avocat changes his system to suit Jermaine Defoe, but then does that that then has a knock-on effect where it doesn't suit the rest of the players? So it's an interesting one to see what he does. Um, Probably the one player wasn't. He said he was happy Avocat came back. I bet he was thinking, "Oh God!" I'm going to be playing right wing yeah, back again. Yeah, but it, I don't think he play. I don't think he play in that that right forward position next year. I think, I think last year he did a good job. But he's not going to score your goals from there. So I think if he plays, he has to play as the the top striker, the the lone striker. If we do play him in there, then we have to make sure that we get plenty of support, nice and early to him, and that we play a lot further up the pitch than we have done in the past. Um, so I, I think is all of his striking options. We spoke about it all last season. None of the none of our players are really suited to. To any of the the forward positions, really, Wickham, Fletcher's probably the one who's more suited to playing as the lone striker. But again, he he works best with a, a, a partner alongside him. So um, it's going to be an interesting one to see to see what he does with that, especially with with Lens coming in as well, because we're going to have to find a position for him. We forgot to take a moment um, just to reflect on Gareth's Gareth's grief. Ah, uh, yeah, of a Virginie leaving. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that. What are you going to do with those Virginie pajamas <laughs> yeah, and yeah. whatnot? That's, that's, yeah. that's an old joke. It feels like a really old joke. That one. I, I was just thinking the other day that you you actually put them in your all time five aside team, <laughs> which now seems like a you're bizarre. Making, you're making it sound like it was a, it was not my all time five. Well, it was. Well, it was. That's exactly what it was. Five aside team of the moment. No, no, we had all players. It definitely wasn't of the moment. It was of all time. I'm sure you had Super Kev up front. I can't. Remember, we all uh, I can remember vividly, yeah. and you said <laughs> that Virginie was the best ball playing centre half oh, that yeah, we yeah, 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 definitely, seen. I definitely said that. Like, definitely, can we not get it on that. archive? Have we not got? Yeah, we'll be I there think I put him. I did think I put him in for comedy. No, 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 no. you have to. Yeah, you have yes. to have someone like that in your five side in, team. In hindsight, it looks like you did do it yeah, just for yeah, comedic yeah. effect, but I'm sure yeah, that I'm, gonna, that's I'm not still going to say that he's, um, you know, he was nowhere near as bad as people wanted him to be. He was, he was okay. He I think he's brilliant. been made a, a, a bit of a yeah. scapegoat. To be yeah. fair, but it, it seemed. I think I get the impression from a few of the older pros and stuff. Sent tend to try to decide that he was this terrible player who'd been brought in and blocked the progress of all these fantastic young players that we've got coming through. Um, I don't and, think and they should have, And they should have been in ahead of him and all this kind of thing. I think that's a little bit bit sour grapes there. I think yeah, that's he, a load he, of rubbish. He did okay for a spell, didn't he? And that that spell was probably about the time when you uh, when you selected him in your greatest ever <laughs> yeah, side. Well, you know, he, he was off don't the help moment, him out when he said he was his favourite ever out. player. It's a dish of the day, you've got to have it. You've got to, <laughs> you know, when you, when you, the thing is, right? You, if you go when you throw him in front of a bus, <laughs> you, you go at the same restaurant all the time, and the menu's the same. Sometimes you've got to go for the specials board. Yeah. And at the time he was on the specials board, he had to come in. He had to come in. He had to be. He had to be sampled. Yeah, but you were the only person on the table who chose it, and no, then you, you like, looked at all of because, our because you, you looked at all of our food bland. and regretted your decision. No, no, because you're bland. You're bland and generic. You're probably like one of these people who gets like um, potato skins for a starter, which is just chips, right? 
<laughs> right. So you, that's that's probably that's the thing. You went for the generic. I try to be a bit more different and exciting with my choice. And, yeah. and that's what's happened. And ended and up with just, food poisoning the next day. Well, Gareth's food choice podcast will be coming up after <laughs> this. So. Let's see if um, let's see if this new Dutch block will be on the special yeah, spot. If we can get through to Kristen. We could come back after this jingle. I was just going to just cut that bit out if we. Couldn't. No, no. Let's 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 um, see what happens. Let's like a bit of nervous tension for yeah. ten seconds. So if you're listening, do a drum roll back home. We might have Kristen. We might not. Hi, this is Kristen Hannity's mobile phone. Please leave your name and number, and I will get back to you. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> Kristen! This is the player we wanted to Let know about. Down, we don't he? even know if he's called Lens or Longs. That was going to be let my first question. Down. Let himself down. <sighs> he's let himself down. World football sage, Kristen Hennage. Mm. And he's, you know, that might revoke. I think we christened him that, and I think, it, it, you know, it could it be could we revoke it. Well, you know, we could we'll be it's on the pre-season. Lookout. It's pre-season. We could be on the lookout for another world football expert now. You might have a knock. Mm. He's probably like on something important, like. CNN or yeah. <laughs> you know Sky Sports well, News yeah. or something like that. He's bigger probably, fish to fry. He's probably just doing that, and he. I mean, should be having his tea. <laughs> he he having his be. tea. I'm not. I mean, if it's something, it's something for the first show. Then I guess. Oh, yeah. you know, uh, something to look forward to. But Come I mean, back next week. Listen, to what Christian's got to say. I could pretend to be a Dutch football yeah, expert. No, There's loads of those people I on mean, the internet. Didn't, didn't Steve McLaren do that? <laughs> yeah, he did. Champions yeah. League, Arsenal. And, I mean, Liverpool. initially when we made the sign of Michael, and I'm not going to proclaim my own lords about um, this player, but I did know that when we were first <laughs> linked with him, what are you left now? You got Christian's just sent a text saying we've got to ring him. Should we do this live? Shall we ring him live? Go on, go on Let's ring him live. Let's get oh, it it's done. like um, Chris Evans or one of those types, <laughs> isn't it? Oh, how exciting is this? Here we go. Keep talking because obviously. You know, I thought the excitement's too much while well, we're just watching you. It wouldn't what? be very good for the listeners, <laughs> like, I guess. <laughs> just gone through his voicemail, okay. Yeah, you go. keep trying. Me and Michael will talk, you know, like pros. We'll, we'll fill and then you can keep but talking. How many, how many goes are we going to give them? I know, I know. About, we've, been about we've been sitting for half an hour, that's what people don't understand, yeah. <laughs> so what about the striker situation? Do the you know striker what? situation. Conor Wickham, we say the same every year, he's defining season, Michael. He's well, sooner or later he's going to have to either <laughs> live up to his promise or, or, you know, he's not going to be involved as much as we would like, is he? Because <laughs> we got, are we going straight, <laughs> are we going live now? We've got him on the, we've got him on the line. This, is, this is very like live. Oh, right. here, here he is, Kristen. Kristen, hello. Yes, Yay. Sir. you can finally join us. We've been waiting around. We've only been, we've rang you about seventeen times, um, <laughs> and we've we've played your um, voicemail message out on the podcast as well. So. Shouldn't have told him that. Left him oh, the element of surprise that. when he listened back. But uh, listen, yeah, we, we best crack on because back, uh, we we best crack on. Um, I mean, we wanted a Dutch expert to tell us about our new big signer. Now, I'm not saying that our old friend Kristen Hennig is a cheap replacement. But could you make your opinion? Could you could you give us your opinions in a Dutch accent, Kristen, and make this sound more authentic? Uh, I could, but I'm not going to. Um, no, Steve, it works for Steve McLaren. Uh, it does. No, Steve speaks well, it didn't work, did it? 
No, in fairness to, to Steve, he won the league there, so it's um, it wasn't all terrible. So and what uh, happens if you do something? It's like here, if you do something, they like give you the freedom of the city, or you get like an OBE like, or something. What, what it is? Just he won the league, so they, far, they gave him a Dutch accent. He's that far advanced. He's just thinking to understand the Dutchman, you need to become the Dutchman, yeah, I see. And then he's doing. Oh, he, he's not daft. He's not as daft well. as he looks. But Christian, the most important question that we all want to know is: it lens or is it lons? It's lens. Jermaine Lens. 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 Yes. That means I was right. Yes. You didn't say lens. Lens, I said? No, I said lens. Connacht lens. <laughs> no, Jermaine. It's Jermaine. It's a Jermaine. Yeah, it See, is Jermaine. The was Jermaine, and people were saying the thing is, when, when someone puts an E in there, you want to, like, like thrill, put frills on other parts of the word, name, so you'd be like Jermaine, because it doesn't seem logical for you to just say Jermaine. Hmm. But too badly I'm, spelled I'm sure Steve could give us a, a better idea on how to say it properly and correctly. Yeah, we, yeah, Having we, spent we, time in the country. Mm, we've already yeah. done that. We've already, we've already had a go at that. Steve. Um, I mean, Steve. Steve. Not me. Let's, um, let's talk about yeah. the, um, the football. Christian, this has been a problematic position for Sunderland since Fabio Barini left. I want, I was just about to say to Michael there, um, before we got through to you, that I won't proclaim to know much about, about Lens, but I did know that when we were linked with him, I thought, oh, front left, He's got a bit of pace. Can you elaborate on that? I think you've hit the nail on the head a bit there. He's got a lot of pace. Um, the, the problem he kind of had it for PSV was that he wasn't ever really perfect for that lone forward role. He wasn't really big enough, but he was quick and direct and would get you goals. And I think, you know, it's interesting that you talk about Barini. That was kind of who jumped in my mind tactically, at least, when I, when I saw this deal go through, because I thought, well, they've missed that. They've missed someone kind of out wide mm. who can chip in with goals, who'll get the ball into the box for whoever's playing up top themselves. And that's what he gives you. He gives you pace, gives you directness, and a bit of that speed and athleticism that I think in the final third, Sunderland have kind of missed over recent years. So can you see, you, you could see him arriving into the box from that left position, because, I mean, Barini wasn't blessed with great pace or anything. He, wa he wasn't going to go past a man, necessarily. Now, if Lenz can do that, that's probably the icing on the cake for us. But more importantly... It's somebody else arriving in the box to help the centre forward. Exactly, and I think the thing is you have to kind of work out with this as well is that it's one thing to have pace, but you know, a bit like Charis Marias, he he has pace, but can he use it intelligently? And I think Lenz is someone who can. And if you look at that Sunderland forward line, if you were picking it tomorrow with everybody fit and and all things decided, you would probably want him in there because otherwise you are looking at a real lack of pace. And I think that's something that's kind of haunted Sunderland for a few years now is that they can't really get in behind teams in the same way that their opponents can. and can't really stretch games. I think the Palace game last year was the biggest kind of example of how devastating pace can be on the break if you use that transition really quickly and really well. Do you think there's a reason he hasn't found his way to the Premier League sooner? Sorry, could you repeat that one again, sorry? Is there any particular reason you think he hasn't found his way to the Premier League sooner? Um, there, there's not really one that stands out. I mean, what you've got to remember is as well is that his former club could offer him a lot of money. Um, that's one of the benefits of being where they are, is that they can attract players like him, guys like Miguel Veloso, because they can give them really high salaries. Um, salaries that arguably compete with what the Premier League can offer. Now, the fact that the situation in the Ukraine is a little bit unstable from a political standpoint has helped Sunderland in this case. And I think the fact that, in general, the spending is, is ramped up again with that TV deal Sunderland have actually been quite opportunistic with this deal and it, it did impress me in that sense because I thought, yeah, that's a little bit of kind of abstract thinking in terms of trying to target a player who you know is going to improve you, who 
maybe a few years ago might not have been massively interested in that move. From what I've heard, has been really convinced by Advocate, and, and to be honest, it seems a lot of the players that are coming here are being sold on the back of him, guys like Dembele and people like that. They're only really entertaining someone because Advocate's here. And so I think it's not a, a, anything to worry about, the fact that he hasn't been in the Premier League already. I think he was linked quite consistently with a few other clubs in the Premier League in the past. So, yeah, I, I would almost celebrate. I'd be I'd let yourself have a moment of joy, if you will. Have you just done a spoiler there with Dembele, Kristen? Well, no, in, in fairness, you know, to touch on the Dembele thing, the club have inquired for him. Um, that much is true. Yeah, but you suggested he's interested on, on the back of Advocate. Well, he, the thing is, from from what I've heard, and I'm going to sound very Andy Burton here, <laughs> from what I've heard, he does How many love phones? Living you haven't got enough phones. That's your problem. <laughs> so we tried to run you one, you couldn't get the others. So anyway, carry on, sorry. Um, he's very... Uh, keen or enjoys living in London as I'm sure a lot of foreign footballers do and so that's going to be a stumbling block for Sunderland but the fact that he's worked with Advocat before the fact that Advocat is admittedly a huge fan of him and his uh, style of play means that he's willing to entertain or at least think about that move and discuss it with the club if they can agree that fee it's just agreeing the fee with Tottenham at the minute they've said they don't really want to sell but as I remarked to someone the other day why would you admit you want to sell a player? It's much better if you say you don't, because then you can drive the price up. It's very Tottenham, that though, isn't it? Do these players, know, do do these players know that we, we've just built a new public square in, in Sunderland? Have you not well? been to the bridges? What's the matter with these people? Honestly. <laughs> we've got two, ma- two miles of beautiful coastline. Absolutely. That's what we, thought we were discussing before went on, and the rest of it's a bit near... But when you know when you get over the water, it's all right for a bit. Yeah. So you know, just go to Ashbrook. Uh, you got to go to Ashbrook. Yeah, you could live yeah. in Ashbrook. He didn't. He loved it. I lived there for a bit. It was good. Mm-hmm. Get himself. To, I mean, if you want, if you if you've that close, Kristen, you know, put us in touch and we'd we have a you know little talk through about uh, Sunderland and why you should come here instead of London. I've already sent him half a dozen postcards of nice parts of Sunderland and all sorts to to try and help move it along. But hasn't been a very big again, postcard. <laughs> what, I, what I think is good in the wider context though is that Sunderland are trying to get players that for me have got the best years ahead of them and for me equally you've seen them play and you, you know what they're going to give you that the likes of Dembele is already suited to the Premier League you've seen him at his peak at Fulham he was absolutely brilliant I think in truth I think he struggled making that move to Tottenham as a lot of players have we just saw Stan Bully leave Tottenham for, for PSG this week he was an incredibly highly rated midfielder when he arrived so I think in the wider context of things, that's one of the benefits you've got of, of getting Advocat back for that extra year is that he does bring a degree of clout with him. I mean, his, his record as a manager maybe hasn't been as exceptional as it was earlier in his career, but he's still got a very high pedigree and he's still very well thought of in the European football circles. The only problem you've got really is, is that it's for a year. And I think when you're trying to sell a player to move to a football club for three or four years off the back of your manager, it doesn't really help that he's only there for a year. I guess he's got to sell him the, the the whole thing, hasn't he? So he's got to say, I'm not only going to be here for a year, but when I do go, there'll be something worth staying for. And I guess I guess that's how they've got to play it. Um, I mean, we were talking about this earlier, about do, do players actually sign for managers anymore? And there might be some do, some don't. I mean, it'd be interesting. I know that, again, I'm no Dutch football expert, but... When I think when it was when Dembele was playing in Holland, he, he kind of played as a number ten, didn't he? Sort of in behind. Mm-hmm. And do you think he'd come in to Sunderland and play as that advanced 
third midfielder well, already to, played. That's a midfielder we need. So yeah, you get that's one, that so, is yeah. the one we need. But he hasn't played there in England a lot, has he? I think did, for Fulham, did he play from wide at times? I, I, I'm trying to. Recall. I thought he was like a box to box midfielder. That's the impression yeah. I always. But he definitely because I remember when we were linked with Covermans years ago, and I remember looking at videos, mm. and I think he played in the same team as in. I'm sure it was him who was just like putting them in all the time, playing in through balls and stuff, loads of assists. So well, funnily enough, they were actually the pair of them were on time side for UEFA Cup time many years ago, and uh, Dembele scored in that game, and that okay. was kind of his first real uh, kind of jump into the, the radar of the rest of Europe as being someone that's talented. And, I mean, Advocat's spoken very highly of him in the past. I think the biggest asset for me that he's got when you watch him is he maybe doesn't trick past players. It's not a step over or a clever turn. He just glides past people. Um, and I think too often that's kind of what this Sunderland midfield's missed. Someone yes, who can, bully, yeah. can beat a man in a one-on-one situation. And I think certainly you could play him in that number 10 role. I think he'd be quite comfortable. Personally, I think he'd be a little bit wasted out wide because then there's an opportunity the game passes him by, which doesn't really help the, the team. But I think as a, as a third midfielder, that's not a terrible idea. In kind of a 4-3-3 that then reverts to that 4-5-1 when you haven't got the ball and gives you a bit more stability and also allows you to, to break quickly. Because I think as we saw with a few of the goals that Sunderland scored towards the back end of the season, it was that quick transition. I mean, the the goal in the derby against Newcastle it was quite literally a punt up field a head down and a, a fantastic volley that's what I'm expecting again with Advocat this season it's really quick transition football that looks to catch an opponent out OK, that sounds ideal, Michael, almost too good to be true, the, the reviews we've had of the of the two signings there, uh, the two big signings anyway. I know we've made quite airs and with Matthews who we haven't really had time to speak about. Um, the front left position, that sounds great if he's going to fill that role. However, I, I can't get the sort of feeling that it won't quite be a successful transfer window if we don't go and get that centre midfielder, because that's been our issue for a long time now. I think I think Sunderland certainly be targeting a... a an attacking midfielder, someone to really drive on. We spoke time and time again last season about that being something that we that we lacked, a bit of creativity, some flair. We certainly lacked pace last year, which you'd hope that Lens would give us, but someone to break from midfield. I know I spoke a few times last year about try, trying to sign someone similar to Thomas Rizicki at Arsenal. If we can get Dembele, then possibly he, he can do that role. Um, if not, then then we have to look elsewhere to, to see if we can find someone um, capable of doing that. But I think that's certainly something that, that Lee Congett and Dick Avocat will be looking at, recruiting in, in that area. Um, I think when you look at our squad on paper, it it doesn't look terrible, but I'm sure it's a, a long way from the finished article that, that Dick Avocat would like to see uh, come the start of the season. But still still a little bit of time left. Um, obviously, they're, they're away on tour at the minute, so you, you'd think that over the weekend, next week, the, the, they'll probably try to ramp up the, the recruitment and see if we can get some players in. Because you, you want a little bit of time to work with them before the start of the season as well. You don't want to be signing people last minute and, and throwing them straight into a side where, where they don't really understand what's, what's required of them. We're going to finish up now, but there are a lot of people on Twitter. Sorry, too many to go back and mention. Um, but thanks for your questions, as always. A lot of people asking what success will be for Sunderland this season. I think successful this season it'll be to certainly to improve upon where we were last season. We don't want to be dragged into a, into a relegation battle. Um, I can't I can't see us finishing, you know, sort of any higher than mid table. I, I don't think 
realistically that's going to be Sunderland's season this year. But we just we need to stay away from the relegation zones, not be in a position that we've been in the last couple of seasons where we're looking for miracles come the end of the season. We, you know, we, we it's want like a broken record, isn't it? Well, it is, of course. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think we've got the right man um, in charge. I think uh, he he'll bring an element of calm. He sort of he exudes that, doesn't he? When he goes into press conferences, when you see him talking, he, he's real cool and calm, and he, he doesn't really put too much pressure on his players. He he takes all the all the pressure off them and, and takes it all himself. So I think um, I think he'll he'll steady the ship this year, and I think we'll see a lot a lot more of a, a plain sailing season and, and not not so up and down. Hopefully, yeah, we good. I just Everybody want to see good. some some evidence Excitement. of something good on the yeah. pitch. Um, you know, yeah, few more wins, few less draws. You know that that would be okay. There were certain um, glimmers, some, wasn't yeah, there, last year just, of that? But we, just something a bit brighter, just something that isn't. You know, like like last ditch sort of football. Like I'm trying to think of the the best way to describe it. It's just not desperate. Just it, it, the, I want to remove that desperation from what, the way we play and try and cultivate something that looks quite nice and is enjoyable. So you can go to the match and go, oh, that was all right, wasn't it? And then come home and you know have a lovely which, Saturday uh, which, night. Which bar the Crystal Palace game under Advocate we had. I think, you, I think you certainly get that from Advocate sides more so than you did from Gus Poyet sides. It wasn't. It was pretty functional. I'd, I'd like to see a little bit more. You know, but I think spark. it had to be functional, yeah, didn't exactly. it? Because that's we what, couldn't that's afford saying, to lose. Yeah. We couldn't afford yeah. to lose at the back end of the season. So uh, I think I think he'll be a, a little bit more expansive. He'll be a little bit more attack minded, and, and he'll certainly be more attack minded than Gus Poyet was. I think with Poyet it was well, we draw, and if we can nick a win, great. I think Avocat will be thinking, right, well, we try and win these games, possibly against a top side, you, you, you know, you sit back a little bit more and defend, but I think he'll be um, he'll be looking to win more games than, than possibly Gus Poyet did. OK, that's a wrap, everyone happy? Yeah, just, um, yeah, obviously, Into the Light will be back on the 6th of August, and uh, Wiseman said we'll be back the following Monday, as, as usual, if you haven't subscribed to Ethan, somehow you've stumbled across this, then you can get it at various places, including wisemansay.co.uk, for Wiseman Say. Um, follow us on Twitter at, at Wise Men Say Pod, um, and if you go on iTunes and search for Wise Men Say, you'll be able to find this and Into the Light. Same really, but if you go on Into the Light, um, if you search Into the Light on iTunes, you'll find it there to subscribe. And if you go on the Sun FM website, there will be a page, um, a brand new um, page from last season, um, in a few weeks' time before the show starts on August the sixth, and you'll be able to listen online there. So there's a a whole plethora and variety of options you can listen to both shows um, and yeah two a week what a treat that'll be yeah. again mm-hmm. okay it's good to be back thanks for listening over and out planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.